Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. on a Monday afternoon. It's Motown Monday. Nothing better than Stevie Wonder and, you know, Sir Duke. We can feel it all over. I know one man man who can feel it all over because Christmas is coming close and it seems like the year's there and then there's pre-season. Can we just have a break? His assistant Warriors coach, Justin Morgan. Hello, Morgs. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Did you like a bit of Stevie there? Yeah, I love Motown Mondays, yeah. Um, Stevie, like Stevie, you know, Marvin Gaye, all those great singers, the Commodores. Can, can, can you, all that era. Can you just that say that again? I love Motown Monday. I love Motown Monday. Oh, man, I, I love, love you. It. I love you even more, man. That's, 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 where, <laughs> that's where the brotherly love comes. Man, it seems like the season only just finished and you guys are probably just winding up the first part of pre-season. When you look back on 2022, on all honesty, forgetting about the footy, are you just glad it's done? Yeah, it's like a huge weight lifted off the shoulders. It was, it was just living in a temporary world for so long, not knowing what was around the corner. Even though we knew that we are going to be back for 2023, it just seemed everything seemed so temporary. And now that we've now that you've got a chance to look back on it, you think, how did we do that? And how did some people you know, handle that situation? So super grateful that we were able to keep our jobs um, and super grateful that we're back home. You know, we're really excited. We had a little bit of a, a workshop today and, and some of the things that uh, the players spoke about that they're really excited about and they all mentioned about playing at Mount Smart again. So, um, yeah, so it, it's exciting to be back home and, and, you know, familiar surroundings and, you know, friendly faces again. The whole the whole COVID thing feels like a blip, doesn't it? I remember talking to you, just picking up the phone and saying hi and you were. I remember you saying to me, I'm sitting in my apartment looking across at the beach and uh, I'm having a coffee, but I can't leave it because of yeah, the rules that you were, you were under. Personally, how tough was it for you? Um, I most probably found it a little bit easier because being Australian, I'm from Australia, and while I'm not from Queensland, 
there was a lot of familiar surroundings. We're in Terrigal, um, so when the restrictions were lifted, um, my family was able to come and see my mum and dad and my sister, who I wouldn't normally regularly get to see. And I can only imagine how hard it was for some of the guys that had their families back here in Australia, some of their extended families. You know, some mm. of those guys um, still live with their grandparents and, and, and so forth. And, and some of those guys are still young men. You know, fair to say I've you know lived majority of my life and, and an adult life and got some life experiences along the way. So there were moments that were difficult. Yeah, definitely moments that were difficult. But... Um, I think the moments that you did feel sorry for yourself, you always just had a little bit of reflection and thought to yourself, mm, there might be somebody out there that might be struggling a little bit more than me. They won't, mightn't have been able to go um, see you know, a relative yeah. that might have passed away or that was sick, et cetera. So you know, while there were moments for me, um, you know, reality was that still had my job, still was able to, you know, to, to work and have my health and all those types of things. So um it wasn't easy, but um, like I said, so many other people had it so much more difficult. Therein lies it, right? Because you're part of the leadership group, being a coach, a responsibility to make sure that uh, others went through it comfortably. Did did you see growth in some of the younger players understanding the situation they were in? Yeah, definitely, because they had no other choice. You know, some of these guys hadn't lived um, away from home before, hadn't lived by themselves. Some of them you know, only had real basic cooking skills and those types of things. Um, and, you know, even some of the guys didn't, weren't regular drivers of cars, you know, so they, they had to had to organise all those types of things. So I saw the, you know, saw the, you know, the growing up of some young men, you know, um, they, they went away quite naive and not a huge amount of life experience behind them. And now, you know, they, they you know, they handled living through a pandemic, handled, you know, progressing in their professional rugby league careers. So it, it was it was quite rewarding seeing some of those young men, um, you, know, you know, turn into much more mature human beings. And I think that'll, that'll make them better for the experience and hopefully make them better, you know, rugby league players as well. But I'm sure uh, Coach Webster will be mindful that you can't keep playing on that particular part of the, the last, say, 12 months to try and inspire, right? But more use it as a, a learning point. To yeah, we, we've we've learnt some lessons from it, um, but realistically, we've put it behind us. You know, as a whole club, um, we we made a point of that a little while ago to say, um, yes, we've we've gone through a period of change and, and difficult situation, but it's behind us now. There, there's no there's no excuses. There's no leaning back on it. There's no feeling sorry for ourselves. It's put behind us. We've learned some lessons from it and it's time to crack on. Um, and I think the fact that we've got a number of new players, we've got you know some new staff members, obviously new head coach, another new assistant in Rich Agar. Um, and, you know, the high performance team's changed and, uh, and I think it's a new group. Like, you never have the same group two years in a row. There's always change, whether it be staff or players along the way. So what's happened in the past is the past. And now we're concentrating on, you know, 2023. And we're into week eight of pre-season. Very rarely do you get to have eight weeks before Christmas. Normally it's a six-week lead into Christmas. We've had nearly a full eight weeks. So um, we've we've got plenty of work in um, and we've learnt plenty of lessons along the way already. so yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a good first couple of months. That's interesting. You say you've got eight weeks and you've learned lessons. Can I be bold enough to ask you what lessons or a lesson you may have learned already in the the first eight weeks of preseason? Yeah, just you know along the lines of you know what 
some players are capable of. Um, you know what what um, you know what is the the best system for us to use. You know we we you know it's it's all good and well to come with a huge number of ideas, but if you don't you know mould those ideas for for what you've got, um, there's there's no point in you know cracking on with it because you're not you're not going to reach your potential. So while well, having a nice long uh, lead into Christmas, it's allowed us to. And I don't want to use trial and error because it hasn't been like that. We've been very, um, you know, very regimented with our planning and, and very thorough, making sure that we knew the direction that we wanted to go. But um, we've also put them under some physical stress, as you'd imagine. So we've learnt some lessons about who we feel, you know, um, thrives under those conditions. We've seen some players, you know, show some real leadership skills, and certainly in the past fortnight, we've seen some players have a really clear understanding of, of what we want to do as a footy team. So um, they're, they're some of the simple lessons we've learned. We've learned some lessons around logistics as well, you know, um, what works and what doesn't work and, um, yeah, little things like that. So I think the good thing about Webby is that, you know, he's, he's very much a very inclusive coach. Uh, he's, a, he's also a coach that does a lot of reflecting and, and reviewing of what's worked and what hasn't worked. So that, that's, been, that's, been, um, that's been great for me as well. I remember you telling me when when you were an assistant at the Melbourne Storm that it was really, really intense uh, because you were constantly, constantly doing video review, right? Constantly doing video review. Is Andrew of the same type? He is, but in in a different way. Um, he he's he's very much. Um, encourages players to review their own performance and then get feedback from coaches. Um, so there's some of the players are still in the education stage of their careers. You know, some of, a lot of them are under 50 games, you know, and even when you're over 50 games, it's not until you get to the triple digits that you can say that you're a real genuine yeah. NRL player and got a really good understanding of the game. And the game evolves and changes so quickly. So he's not, um, he, he's not, overly big on massive long meetings um, and, you know, and standing out in front of the group for 45 minutes and yeah. going through a video. It's lots of small little packages and there's lots of self-education. And um, that's why I said in the last fortnight or so, we've seen some players really have a real good understanding using the right type of language and understanding of where they're making errors on the field and, and what the system requires them to do, whether it be attack or defence or whether it be a transition, whatever it is. So, um, he, he's big on that education side of things, but he, he's, he's very big on players having the ownership of, of doing it themselves. What style of footy can we look forward to? You, you've been there long enough to see differing styles. Yeah, I, I think we, we're we going to tap into what the Warriors are good at. And I've sort of, you know, I sort of said a few minutes ago that it's important that you that you tap into the tools that you have and we've we've got a we've got a footy team that will move the football. We we want to play we want people to look at us and say, gee, they play a nice attacking style of footy. They're they're tough to compete against. We've been very competitive at training. Um, it's something that we've really tried to, you know, to to make a point of over the last couple of months in making sure that there's lots of competition. Um, whether it be physical competition, whether it be, you know, small sided games, whether it be purely skill-based, whatever it may be. So, um, and I think we, like all the teams that didn't make the eight, we need to we need to become faster and more mobile. I want to say faster. That doesn't mean faster as in, you know, you do sprint training, but being able to move to things faster and understanding, yeah. thinking faster and getting to the next position, you know, 
um, and being ready for what might be coming at you. So I think we will we will be a footy team that that wants to entertain and wants to play an exciting brand of football. I don't think we I don't think we're going to go down the path of being a a strangling team, you know, like a you know a traditional you know Melbourne team or a you know team even you know to a degree Parramatta. They're they're quite a grinding footy team. Um, I think you'll see some flamboyancy with us. Risk and um, risk and reward time. footy. Yeah, yeah, I think we will. I think we will. I think we need to we need to understand that we need to take risks. Um, you have to score points. That's that's the bottom line. But at the same time, we need to be able to defend at different stages. We've 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 had a real good um, balance of attack and defence. Um, you know, a lot of teams at this time of the year. Um, you know, might just concentrate on one side of the ball, but we've had, a, and, and that's because of the competition that we've tried to create within the group. Um, so there's been a, we've, we've touched the ball a lot more than we have in the past. We've done a lot of team things already. We've, we've already broken off into our small, small groups, our edges, our halves, and so forth. But we've actually done quite a bit of team footy work already, and it's been quite some time since I've been at a at a club where we've done that amount before Christmas. Normally, this is late January, early February. So I'm quite excited about that, that, that we've been able to sort of touch on, you know, some style of play, um, you know, already before Christmas. And you know, that's what everyone likes. That's what everyone loves doing. Nobody particularly likes the drilling of movements and all those sort of things. You still have to do those, but... Um, we've been able to progress to the footy stuff fairly quickly. You you know as well as I do that uh, natural footy brains are few and far between. So, mm. you know, I mean, the natural footy brains, the, the Coopers of this world, the Andrew Johns of this world, you know, that, that type of footy player. So intuitive football of, across a team, is it primarily still learnt behaviour? I think it is, and I think you know you took, you you pick a couple of players there. Um, yeah, I think Cooper had to learn. He had to learn to be like that. He had to learn to play like that, and that's one of the strengths of Webby. He he that's how he wants to educate players. He wants to educate them by scenarios, and you know whether it be a you know a game that's designed to get the halves thinking about how they finish their sets or when they should be kicking the ball. Why? Why would you want to make that decision there? Why would you want to run the ball in that situation? So he's very big on that type of education, you know, because he's a he's a very intelligent um, football brain himself, Webby. You know, he mostly won't tell you that himself, but I've been fortunate enough. I've I've worked with him. I'm coming up to almost ten years now at different clubs and in different roles. So. Um, he's he's very intelligent. Um, he's got a good footy brain, but one of his strengths is that he's able to impart that to players quite easily. Um, and I and I've seen him start to do that already. You know, with some of our younger players, and you know, like so Ronald Volkman, for example, you know, young halfback, and you know, he's he's really working hard with him. You know, Luke Metcalf's another one, a younger type of player, and and really challenging them on why they're doing things out on the training field. Why did you make that decision to not kick the ball? Or why did you kick the ball there? Or what's a better thing, do you think, in a scenario that you might find yourself on a Sunday afternoon with this? And so that, that's, been, that's been great to watch and listen to as well. Um, and then, then you can throw in some of the more senior players, you know, Torhu and Sean and Mitch Barnett, who obviously, you know, are educating the, the players on the run while they're out on the field as well. So... 
um, yeah, it's yeah. You know, I mean, but I think if you talk to all seventeen clubs, um, they're all fairly excited at this time of year. You know, when no one's no one's lost a game yet. You know, nobody's <laughs> we're all champions. Paper, so yeah, we're all champions <laughs> in November and December. But um, you know, Webby said something today that I thought really sort of resonated um, and said, look. By having a, a great preseason doesn't guarantee you a, a, a great season. But if you have a poor preseason, there's there's a real correlation that you'll have a poor season. So um, he's really challenged the players to to make sure that any momentum that we've built up over the past seven or eight weeks that we continue to do that over the break. Um, you know, we get a little bit of a break away from from coming into work every single day, but we need to continue that momentum and make sure that the eight weeks before our first game. Is, is is the same as the first eight weeks. Um, it, it, so I, I thought that was a good way of putting it. Well, it reminds me a bit of the Manny Pacquiao line, uh, which is in my gym. Not that I'm Manny Pacquiao, but he says, if you train like you intend to fight, then the fight is easy. Yeah, yeah. And, right? And that, 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 that's, a, that's a great way of putting it. And I've seen you throw them. You can throw them all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Settle down. Maybe not many Pacquiao, but, you know, not Yeah, yeah no, let's, let's not go there. Look, indulge me just a little bit longer if you would. Uh, Dylan Walker, yeah. I found, was an interesting acquisition. Uh, I'd like to know if, if, with his years of experience, you are seeing an impact on the team in any small way, and how you see him being that, that perfect number 14 off the bench. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been very good. He came um, over... And we're all a little bit, you know, wonder what, wonder what I've never coached him. We're all wondering, you know, what his motivation was. Um, and he's really, really wants to be in touch with the, the Maldi side of his his culture and his heritage. And, his, and he spoke, you know, very passionate about about it um, to the group um, when he first got here. Um, he's worked hard physically. He's worked hard physically. Um, and he's a very, very smart player. He's a very, very intelligent player. And one of the things that excites me is that, you know, a lot of our, I suppose, ball movement through the middle of the field has been via Torhu. Um, and, you know, he's got that nice little soft pass. You know, you think about some of the line breaks that Bunty made last year and Josh Curran was on the back of Torhu's passing game. We've got somebody else that, you know, is equal to um, that skill level in the middle of the field now. So, you know, Dylan Walker can play that perfect number 14 role. We can come on and change the point of our attack, give ourselves, our halves a chance to be a space wider if they want to be or be a little bit deeper or we want to put two halves together and a fullback on one side. So he allows us to do that. Um, and he's been e- exceptionally professional. He's a character. You know, he brings real energy to the group. You know, he keeps, he keeps everybody honest, um, coaches included, you know. Um, and he's got a real larrikin about him. But when it comes to hard work, uh, he doesn't shy away from that. And I've really enjoyed, um, you know, picking his brain about um, different types of plays and what works and what doesn't work and different types of movement around defending types of different types of shapes. And he's brought a, a real professional um, outlook mm. um, to, to the group. So he, he's, he's been a, a really good addition, as has all the new recruits. But Mitch Barr met, met's another one. Like, he's a competitor. He does everything at full speed. You love like, that, though. You love you know, that. He, you love it. You know, like, he just – he reminds me a little bit, you know, like back in the day, like of Campo, Kevin Campion. You know, he's just a bit like that. He's a bit rugged. He's a bit rough and tumble and – you know, he's most probably not finesse with the way he plays the game, but he's really, he's really, um, you know, 
brought our training for our middles to another level. He keeps them really honest. He runs hard all the time. He tackles hard all the time. So if, you, if you're not you know, equal to that task, you'll get found out. So it, it's been it's been great having him there as well. There is one player I would just like your thoughts on because it's almost like a, a resurrection, not redemption, but resurrection of a kid who pulled called time because of a, a brain injury, uh, has come back, played solidly for the Bronx, and now Tomati Martin is, is back, I think, where he probably wants to be. He's another one that is really excited about coming and playing for our club. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very, very proud Kiwi man. Um, and again, another player that's brought a real level of, you know, um, buoyancy and energy to the group. Um, he works extremely hard on his game. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very, you know, astute player. Uh, but at the same time, he's quite relaxed and, you know, you can have a laugh and a bit of a joke with him. Um, I coached him for the first time when I was with the Kiwis. He came on the tour um, to the UK for a Four Nations and he was only a kid at the time. Um, and that was my first interaction with him and I, I thought he was an extremely talented player. Um, now he's a talented player with some experience behind him. Um, so he's very vocal in meetings. He's very vocal um, out on the training field um, and he, he's diligent. He works really hard on his game. You know, sometimes... You know, I've seen with talented players, they don't always work as hard on their game as, you know, the non-talented players. But if I was to pick a player that, that's working really hard, it's um, Tamati. Um, and again, another player that, you know, keeps you really honest. You know, he's quite jovial at different times. Um, but, you know, he, he works hard in the conditioning side of things and he works hard on his skill game. So um, that can only be a positive for us. Okay, I, sh- I shouldn't drop this on you, but I am. Ben, ben murnock Masilla, staying or going? Um, staying as far as, as as far as I know. Um, okay, there was just I, that I, talk I, about Super League. Yeah, I, I somebody said that to me the other day, and I said, "Well, it's the first I've heard of it." Okay. So, um, as far as I know, he's he's staying. Yeah. Okay, man, oh, that's cool. Uh, how does Christmas look for you? Um, off to Canberra for uh, for Christmas, um, and then over to the south coast, Bermagui, for a few days around around New Year's. But it'll be a nice, quiet one. So, looking forward to. To getting home and um, you know seeing some some you know family and friends. So um, I haven't been to Canberra for Christmas for a few years. So uh, nice. that's where my partner's from. So yeah, well, to that, that's mate. cool, man. Well, uh, all the best to you and Jim, man. Have a have a wonderful Christmas and and don't forget to have a schmuck and a pancake. <laughs> Good man, mate. Merry Christmas to you and uh, mate. Great chatting. Talk soon. As always, Morgs. Thanks, man. It's five twenty-five. Johnny's next.